Hey gang, welcome to Freedom Decoded. My name is Demir Bentley. This is Carrie, my wife. We're productivity coaches who ditched the nine to five and now we show other people how to get more productive and create their freedom lifestyle. So this is our podcast where we let our hair down, talk about our lifestyle and just things that are on our mind. You can check out more about us at lifehackmethod.com. Today, we're gonna to be talking about introverts versus extroverts and the productivity sort of tips that we have for both in our experience being introverts and extroverts in the productivity space. Yes. So Demir is sort of the classic extrovert, very far over. If, there, if the extrovert and introvert is a spectrum, then he's like heavy extrovert and I'm sort of heavy introvert. So I think we make a good test case, example case yeah. for extroverts and introverts working together. It's not very subtle for us, right? Is it? <laughs> no. Um, you know, I mean, I guess the first thing I'll say is uh, that I think I've had, I don't know about you, I've had a real transformation around thinking around introvert and extrovert. Um, I grew up, I think like a lot of people thinking that introvert was like a naughty word, almost like yeah. extroverts rule the world, totally. you know, all the people we admire are extroverts. And so I grew up like wearing the badge of like, I'm the best person in the world because I'm an extrovert and I feel so sorry for people who are introverts. And I think... Um, two things have changed. One is being married to you. I sort of see the superpowers of introverts. And, and um, the other thing is that we, you know, took the 16 personalities uh, test, read about the Myers-Briggs, and then also worked with a coach for a while around uh, a friend of ours is a coach who works around the, the Myers-Briggs personality types. And I think that really opened me up to you know, from a world of black and white, like introvert, extrovert into a broader world of just yeah. like a tapestry of colors that people um, get to paint with in terms of their personality. So I, I guess I'll just kick this off by saying, um, you know, I really don't believe in in a black and white introvert versus extrovert yes. division. I think it's convenient for this podcast to use that, but I actually believe in like many, many colors to paint with. There's that's definitely an overly simplistic binary. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? But I think given that we're talking about productivity tips, there are some really easy ways that you can optimize your productivity if you are an introvert yeah. or an extrovert. And um, I think uh, recognizing that our definition of an introvert versus extrovert is simply that if you're an introvert, you get energy and recharge mm -hmm. when you're by yourself yep. or not talking to other people. <laughs> not interacting. Not interacting. Whereas if you're an extrovert, you gain energy by interacting with other people. So it's not, yeah. if you're an introvert, it doesn't mean you hate interacting and you hate social environments. That's not the case at all. It's just that you don't get energy from them. So you might find them more exhausting. Yeah, per precisely. And I think, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I have seen before that you've just been amazed that I can do eight hours of coaching calls and be like more pumped up at the end than I was at the beginning. Right. Uh, it's almost like I'm, I get into like a manic sort of state. Yes. That sounds soul crushing to me. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> no. So, so why don't we just start out with, um, you know, now that we've sort of established, hey, you know, we don't reduce people down to introvert or extrovert, but but for the purpose of this conversation, we're just going to use it as a tool to talk about the people who are drained interacting with other people and get energy interacting with other people. But let me just ask you before we jump into some of our tips. Yeah. 
Like, what do you love about being an introvert? I love being an introvert. I think I grew up similar to you thinking that it's much better to be extroverted. And I tried to model myself after more extroverted people. And it was always just like I was fighting my natural biology. Um, and I felt I felt badly about that. I tried to do things like um, debate class and forensics to try to like counteract that a little bit, which I think helped in terms of at least allowing me to develop a voice mm-hmm. um, that that sort of got me outside my comfort zone a little bit. Um, but nowadays, I truly love being an introvert because you know I, I'm not dependent on other people to have you know a full tank oh my god it's like i only need myself during the pandemic i feel like this was like ex- introverts were like yeehaw Yo. we got it <laughs> there's no fomo no mixing missing out nobody's trying to get us to go to weddings or parties it's just like just I hanging know. at home i was like oh my gosh i can get through my very lengthy reading list now <laughs> i have nothing to do outside the house it's- as i'm withering yes, on the vine Demir was withering significantly <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's the good thing about being an introvert. You survive better in pandemics. Yeah. No, but I mean, just that self-sufficiency I've seen from the outside. I've seen that self-sufficiency, that ability to entertain oneself. Um, I I think the worst of being an extrovert is hanging out with people you don't even like because you just need some social interaction. And you're like, why am I even hanging out with these people? I'd be better off just by myself, but, but I'm compelled to hang out with other people. Um, you know, obviously, like, yes, it gives you energy, but there is even a limit to that. It's not like infinite. So, uh, you know, often we'll get into this later, but as an extrovert, you find that you've burned the best energy of your day talking to people. And then when you actually do have to sit down in front of your computer and and deliver, and produce. You, you've basically, you know, pissed away all your best energy for the day talking to somebody way longer than you intended to talk to them. Um I'm currently, uh, side note, I'm, we're currently working with a programmer to build just a tiny little program. And uh, he wants to get on the phone. And I always tell him, I can't. I, I can't because I've never done a 20-minute conversation in my life. And so we send each other screencasts because I'm billed. I actually get billed for the time that I'm talking with this person. And so just for the sake of the money that I'd have to spend, I say, like, no, we've got to keep it to screencast because I just can't talk like for less than 20 minutes. And you've gotten better at that. Like I remember when we first started coaching, like you couldn't possibly do an hour long training. It was like minimum two hours (laughs) because you would just talk. Yeah. It has so much to say. And now like you're a lot better about, you're all like a lot more conscious about how you're spending your time. I also think, you know, the downside of being an extrovert, although there, you know, I I think that part of the reason I think we're, we're talking about the positives of being an introvert and the negatives of being extrovert is that's the part of the story you don't really get. Yeah. I think you get the negatives of being an introvert and the positives of being an extrovert. But another negative is sometimes when you talk to other people a lot, you don't get tuned into your own voice. Yes. And some of the things you think, whether whatever you say, some of the things you think are just what other people think coming out of your Like you're sort of parroting. Yeah. It's it's like you never get that quiet in touchness with your own voice of like, what do I think? What's a unique idea that's actually mine, not something that I heard from somebody else? Yeah. So, you know, I think that's another thing is you you lose yourself a lot as an extrovert. You know, you lose touch with who you are intrinsically. And I I, I hesitate to say some people never even got in touch. If you're you're a really bad introvert, you, you never even... You mean extrovert. Or sorry, if you're a really bad extrovert, you've never even gotten in touch with the essential you and what you think about things and novel ideas that you have. It's just all other people's voices bouncing around in your head. Yeah, that's definitely not a problem introverts have. (laughs) 
I mean, I think uh, me personally, I'm very in touch with my own voice. Yeah. I hesitate to voice it sometimes because I'm worried about how it's going to be perceived, but that doesn't mean it's not there. And like, I definitely have my own opinions about everything. Really? <laughs> I know. Okay. You get it. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. I mean, I, I think, you know, maybe, maybe that's enough then to just say that, that about that introvert yeah. versus extrovert. But what do you think, you know, actually living in close quarters with a massive extrovert, what have you noticed about me? And I, I, I open that up. It could be positive or negative or just like, what have you been surprised by, been impressed by, been horrified by? <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think it's always impressive when you see somebody else who has different innate skills or preferences to you. So I think it, it, I've always loved that you are an extrovert because you're able to do things in our business that I just don't really want to do, like insane amounts of coaching, like live coaching, which is just something that I've learned was so draining to me yeah. that it. And it's less draining for you. You know, it's still draining, obviously, because it's a lot of energy that you're expending. Yeah. Um, but but I'm just glad that you have that <laughs> covered off on. Um, and sort of I've got, you know, the other parts of the business handled. Um, so, yeah, that's been good. I mean, I think I've always been, like, surprised at how loud you are. <laughs> but I've also noticed that that sort of, like, runs in your family. Like, your yeah. family is very loud. So I don't know if that's necessarily an extrovert thing or if it's just, like you and your family thing and like i have hearing problems and i sometimes wonder did like my my eardrums get blown out as a child they did Demir. from like all the loud talking absolutely there is no doubt in my mind that that's exactly what happened oh my god it's like listening to a, living in a rock band like yes. all the time yeah it's and now we have a little child who, who is has equally a pair loud. of lungs oh my gosh i mean the second she came out, like the people in the operating room were commenting on she her. She was like Marie pulmones. Callis. She was like, oh, just like, just not quite so, so melodious. Okay, so um, why don't we talk a little bit about how the introvert extrovert yes. mix affects productivity? Yeah, so let's talk first about um, sort of our number one tip, um, which is to optimize your work environment accordingly, depending on if you're an extrovert or an introvert. Um, for an introvert, you definitely want to create a very quiet, very private work environment. And I would take it even a step further and say that if you work around a lot of people, you know, your family or your coworkers, try to create a secret workspace. So um, what I mean so by what that... Is, what is a secret work environment? This yes. sounds so like secret. controversial, a secret. Because if people don't know where you are, then they can't find you and interrupt you. <laughs> so this is where the genius is. So basically, um, for example, when I used to work in the corporate, in an office building, um, most people worked at their cubicles. Well, I would like take my laptop and all my stuff and I would go to a different floor because our floors were separated by function. So I'd get off the marketing floor and I would go to a completely different floor that was like mostly abandoned and I would find a random conference room and just work in there Yeah. because nobody could find me. They literally couldn't locate me. Um, so that was really awesome when I worked in corporate. Um, but now I was just inspired recently by a friend of ours who told us that she bought an apartment next door to hers in her own, in her same building in New York and that she goes there to work. But the hack was 
she didn't even tell her kids that she had bought this apartment. So they thought she was like leaving for work every day, but she was just like going to a different level or something in her building and working there. I just so genius. It I was just, super genius. I can't get over it. And now that, now that we have a child, I mean, again, I think I'm an extrovert, but we both love our baby to bits. Yeah. And so for the first couple years that, you know, our child was a baby, it was great to be able to hear what's going on with her and be able to step out of the door. But now she's getting really smart and she Super knows smart. See, before she didn't, when we closed the door, she didn't have that object in permanence. So when we closed the door, she was like, mommy and daddy are gone. Well, now she knows where mommy and daddy are. They're inside that door right there. And so she will stand outside of it and like wail yes. and bang on the door. Uh, so yeah, now I think that trick is over and we need to figure out a new secret space to, to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's sort of my, my secret is like, if you can create that, you know, a locked door, a secret workspace, a cafe that nobody utilizes, you know, like a corner, a dark corner somewhere. Yeah. Those are all great places for an introvert to work. Yeah. Like in our building, we have a sort of common area that nobody ever uses. And so I've been thinking recently about like going down there with my laptop and, and actually working from down there because, you know, same building connects to the internet in our same room, but it's just sort of secret. I mean, so yeah, so extroverts should also get a quiet, uninterruptible work environment, yeah, but for a different extroverts. reason. Yeah, I mean, here, first of all, like, uh, you know, this idea that if whatever's good for, whatever's bad for an introvert would be good for an extrovert is not true, no. right? So when, for an extrovert, you wanna, you still need to optimize your work environment to have long periods of deep work. And deep work is going to be, um, maybe quite externally, but you know, loud internally, you could be thinking, you can be getting really intense in whatever you're doing. Um, I think the difference for an extrovert is then when they're on break, they want to have, uh, you know, whatever their reward is for doing their sticky session. Um, for those of you who don't know, a sticky session is where you, you know, I won't read it here, but it's block. like a focused work block for like 30 minutes or an hour. So let's say you do a focused work block for like an hour, you know, an extrovert is going to want to get up and treat themselves to 10 minutes of chatting with somebody or like going to the water cooler or having a social interaction of some sort. Um, I learned this the hard way because whenever I would finish a work block, I would rush into your room and be like, hey, Gary. I had this idea and you would be like, ah, like stop interrupting me. First of all, maybe you're, you didn't finish your work block at the same time, but even if you did, you want you as an introvert want to be alone yeah. during that time. Um, but for me, a, a great introverted uh, introvert office environment or work environment is one where you can, I call it like a study hall environment where there's other people around and they're not necessarily right in front of you visually you know, interrupting you. But the second that you're finished, you can immediately tap somebody and have a social yeah, interaction. That's for extrovert. Yeah. For extrovert. Sorry. If I said introvert, then I was wrong. So, um, extroverts. Yeah. So I love that, like a study hall type environment for yeah. sure. So, so what would, what would a terrible work environment for an extrovert look like? Open office? I mean, yeah, both like a terrible Horrible. for both types of oh, workers. Yes. yes. Open offices are terrible, um, um, both because you can get tapped on the shoulder or like uh, audio, like I could say, you know, uh, you know, auditory, like, hey, Carrie, or you just know, visually that you see exactly. people rotating and moving. It's very distracting. Same thing with collaboration tables. So like working at a co-working space, like at a hot desk with a collaboration table, an introvert's gonna, they're so queued up to social cues that if, if you just see somebody come in the room, you're going to like look up and an be like, who's yeah. that? So, God, God, yeah. An extrovert. Just assume is, if Demir's talking about himself, he means. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, an extrovert 
is so cued into social um, cues that yes. just a person walking into the room is going to cue you to be like, who's that new person right. walking into the room um, or lots of meetings. And we'll talk about this later, but you also don't want to engineer an environment where you're getting pulled into a lot of meetings. Yes. Yeah. It can be bad for both. Um, okay, cool. So our second tip is around communication and how yeah. to optimize your communication if you're an introvert or an extrovert. So if you're an introvert, uh, my recommendation is to always talk at a slightly higher volume and talk slightly more than you're comfortable with. Yeah. Because if you don't, I've learned that you can be perceived as sullen or disengaged by the other party. It's almost like they want you to talk more, but then you're not and it gets like weird and awkward. So I always try to make an effort to talk like a little bit louder and a little bit more than I otherwise would feel comfortable doing just to sort of like balance it out. The unfair, I'm going to preface this by saying this is a completely unfair perspective on introverts, but it's there. So I'm just going to talk about it. Like extroverts, when talking about introverts, can sort of sit around and be like, why are they so pissy? We asked them like six times what they thought about something. They said everything was fine. You know, they had tons of opportunity to like voice their opinion. And now here at the finish line, they're making a stink about it or acting all pissy. Right. Um, So extroverts often will see, they see a million opportunities to inject their opinion or talk or make their voice known. Um, and I think introverts need a lot of space and a lot of, uh, a, a big welcome mat to say, like, come give your opinion, yeah. like voice yeah. your opinion. But in the spirit of taking extreme ownership for it, it's like, if you're an introvert, it's your responsibility to make sure that your voice is being heard. Yes. It's not on other people to like give you an opportunity. It's like, you have to create that opportunity for yourself. And that's going to get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it will. It will feel uncomfortable. And that we'll talk about how to like limit your meetings in a second to sort of balance that out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I definitely feel like, yeah, trying to talk more is is better if you are in a meeting or a social interaction. Obviously, as an introvert, you do prefer a written communication or screencasts. I I found, you know, it's weird. I would have thought that I wouldn't have liked screencasts, but I'm fine with screencasts. They're not draining no problem like all day every day all day long and that's weird i think and this is a pushback i get from introverts a lot when i suggest doing screencasts they think that because when they're face to face to people and talking it's so draining that if they record themselves talking that that will also be draining and that is just not true i think it's because it's only you talking it's only one party talking and you don't have to listen and sort of engage with another person at all. It's just your thoughts that you're already yes. thinking about, just vocalized. Alone with your thoughts. And by the way, just just a quick note to the listener, if you are hearing a baby and a nanny in the background, that is our baby and our nanny, so you don't have to look around and wonder what's happening. <laughs> That's coming from our side. Yes. Um, okay, yeah, I would say for extroverts, you similarly have to get out of your comfort zone, but for you, getting out of your comfort zone is actually listening more and leaving space for other people to talk. Yes. Um, And, you know, I recognize this can be a lifelong discipline for many extroverts because talking is like breathing for them. Um, But it really, I found in practice, sometimes it just takes a second, just one second to just ask yourself like, okay, do I need to be talking right now? Can I listen for an extra moment, right? Um, And the second you can break the spell, Um, often you can kick into another gear. And maybe this is a good time to say that I think that every introvert has a little extrovert in them and every extrovert can summon a little bit of of an introvert. And I I do think that there are moments when 
in, in any extrovert's life when they were a good listener, right? Because the moment called for it or be, because the right set of things happened. Social hierarchy was in place or exactly. whatever. Yeah. You know, um, so everybody's had an, an opportunity to experience what it feels like to be a good listener and to talk less and to listen more. Um, and I think that's the... That's a communication hack that extroverts really have to work on is, is mm-hmm. just learning how to create space, especially as you climb the ladder and invariably, you know, become a manager or even just get imbued with more responsibility um, in your role. You're just going to find that it becomes more and more important um, when you're not just an individual, you know, uh, participant yeah. but actually like you're you're called on to lead or lead through influence or you know n- not necessarily be the boss but just lead in any respect well, and i think that that's because you have to self-police in that in that aspect yes like what introverts will do is all be thinking something but if you don't maybe specifically ask them about it they're not going to tell you so if they're like wow this guy's really dominating the conversation they're not going to tell you hey yeah. can you let me talk some more yeah they're just going to be like man this guy talks a lot you know, yeah. like, so if you're in a position of authority, you have to be the one self-policing and being like, am I talking too much? Yeah. And, and am I asking questions like, you know, hey, Carrie, I haven't heard from you yet. What's your opinion on this? And even if Carrie jumps in and says, oh, I, I like what James said, or I like what this other person said, at least now she's got the opportunity to speak. Yep. Yeah. Again, to our listener, that is our child. <laughs> so you don't have to look around and wonder which child that is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, w- I will say this, you know, for me, uh, you know, I grew up in a family of really aggressive talkers. And so for, for our listeners who grew up, whether they really ever acknowledged it or not, um, in a family of aggressive talkers, you need to know that really places you at a disadvantage um, in any kind of work environment. Um, so this is where being an extrovert, I think people assume that extroverts are always good socially. And, and although generally that's true, they can also shoot themselves in the foot by not um, by talking over people, being overly aggressive, not leaving space, not asking other people's opinion. And I know as a, as a child of an aggressive talking family, um, we always just assume, man, just break in, just get in there, you know? So Carrie, let me ask you, what's your experience been when you're interacting with people in my family and we're all just like, there's no space to jump in. What do you do? But there's also, it's also sort of a relief because I don't need to carry the conversation. So hanging out with extroverts is great. And then I'm like, they'll just talk. I can just (laughs) sit here and literally chill and say nothing. And no one's even going to notice, which is actually kind of a relief. Sometimes the problem becomes when I do genuinely want to engage in the conversation, then it's it's basically impossible because the second I say one sentence, like I'll get half a sentence out and then someone will cut me Somebody else rolls over you. Yeah. And it's, it feels very rude. Like I was raised to never cut anybody off. And to me, that particular behavior feels very aggressive. Yeah, I never questioned it until I would actually see you interacting with my friends and family who are, you know, aggressive talkers. And it never occurred to me that it was like rude until I saw people cutting you off. And then I was like, oh, they're being rude to carry. Right. But they'll cut me off. But I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do battle with them. Like I'll get them on the next right. one, you know. <laughs> but, and I'm sort of like, if you're going to cut me off, I'm not going to make the effort, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, it's not worth it. Totally. So just to wrap up, that's communication, really like adapting and working on your communication style. 
Love it. Love it. Um, So our third tip is around meetings. And this is another one where you might think, oh, extroverts love meetings and should attend a lot of meetings and introverts shouldn't. But it's not really like that at all. In fact, I would recommend that both introverts and extroverts um, sort of put a cap or have a budget around their meetings. I'll be more aggressive. Just avoid them like the plague. Right. Yeah. Even better. (laughs) So talk to me about introverts in meetings. Yes. Well, introverts uh, like myself find meetings to be soul crushing because it's a lot of energy expended trying to figure out, you know, what everybody is thinking about, talking about how to talk yourself, how to get your opinions heard. Um, It can be very draining. Just even like standing at attention during meetings is is sort of like draining. Um, So what I like to do is just create a meeting budget for the week or the month, and I simply say no to any meetings that are scheduled that are beyond my budget. Obviously, I'm in a position of um, you know, authority with that. I control my own calendar, um, but there's a lot of creative ways to do that, even if you work um, under a boss or with a team that's requiring you to attend a lot of meetings. Yeah. I mean, even for me, uh, I found that if I have more than one podcast interview per month, that starts to feel yucky to me yeah. just because of the amount of energy I expend. So I try to cap that at one interview per month um, or similar to this. Like we have one video shooting day per month and that's it. And that yeah. feels just about right to me. Feels about right. Yeah. Um, for extroverts, you should also avoid meetings like the plague, but for a completely different re- reason, it's because I think for extroverts, it's like an alcoholic drinking alcohol. You know, it's like, it's gonna, it's it feels good, but for all the wrong reasons, and it's gonna take you to all the wrong places, you know? Um, and, you know, extroverts tend to uh, pile into meetings, burn up all their best energy, you know, talking too much in meetings, you know, taking a meeting that should have been 20 minutes and turning it into an hour and a half long meetings. Then you come back to your desk and you actually have to perform and deliver. And lo and behold, you've burned up all of your best energy. So um, I would say the same thing applies to extroverts, but just for a totally different reason. Introverts find meetings to be soul crushing. And I think extroverts are like, yippee, like another meeting. It's too fun. You know, it's too much. It's too fun. And I think it's worth noting that that works for meetings. Or the reason that is for meetings is because meetings aren't actually a productive use of time. Yeah. Like there's simply no deep work happening in any meeting, I think that we've established that. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, if you think of it like, oh, I'm being productive. This is a really important meeting. It's like, you're not. That's an example of shallow work. And your real deep work is usually done at an individual level. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is, you can also tell that this is true as an extrovert. When you get called into a meeting that you're not allowed to talk in, that is the worst for an extrovert. Because like you have to be at the meeting and extroverts are terrible listeners often. So like... You're sitting there and just basically dying on the vine because you want to talk. You have all these ideas, but you can't talk. Um, in fact, it, this is a spontaneous moment where we can sort of plug um, our new meetings training that is not like when I say forthcoming, not like tomorrow, but we've been working behind the scenes on a meetings training because the, by popular demand, people are is one of the things that hurts people the worst. It's just killing people. Um, and so yeah, we'll I, put that in the description when it's ready, when it's ready, so you check yeah. the description. It might be ready when you're watching, this. but like, I guess Depends. I'm saying look out for it. Cause yes. it's hot. It's yeah, hot it's, stuff. It's super hot. Cool. So why don't we, why don't we conclude? Um, I mean, I guess the big conclusion is really about embracing your personality type. I think you know a lot about this because this is something maybe you came to a little bit later than me. Um, in terms mm. of really seeing what's great about your personality type. 
I think, yeah, we were required, when I worked in corporate, we were required to take a Myers-Briggs. And at that point, I was like, oh, all right, whatever. It's like I went to this thing, and um, I don't know, like, I, I scored one of these things that, like, said I was, like, an amazing leader. Like, I don't know how much I believe that, right? <laughs> but all of a sudden, I noticed all my colleagues looked at me differently. And that was really exciting to me and made me think, like, wait, like, maybe just my innate programming could actually work to my advantage, you know? So yeah. that was the first moment for me where I sort of started embracing it more than pushing it away. Baby, I can tell you, you are a great leader. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but anyway, so ever since then, I've just tried to take it to like the next level. So like, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't want to say no to social engagements or, you know, like networking events and stuff like that. But I also don't put pressure on myself to stay the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I can drop in shake some hands, and then I'll just Irish exit, and I will not feel bad about it. It's like, yeah. I might not even like stay for a drink or anything like that. It's just like, show up, make an appearance, take a picture <laughs> so that you, you were there, yeah. and then skedaddle and enjoy your night. And for me, it's funny, because that, in that exact same scenario, for me, it's been great for you to give me permission to just stay. So I think, I think we had this feeling of like, we were always like you always wanted to leave earlier and I always wanted to leave later. And it just felt like nobody was, ex you were staying later than you wanted. And I was leaving way earlier. And I think coming to a place of like Carrie, just tapping me on the shoulder and be like, I called an Uber. I'm out of here. Right. And then people look around and they're like, well, where's Carrie? I'm like, Oh, she had to go take care of the baby or something like that. But Never, she's just, yeah. she's gone now. Right. Yeah. She's just gone. Um, I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, I love the 16, the, the website, 16 personalities. Um, I think there's there's been a few things that I've read on personality type where I've just been like, oh my God. Now, maybe it's like horoscopes, but it's hard because it's hard to say that because yes, when I read my personality type, I was like, oh my God, that's so me. But then when I had you read my personality type, you were like, that is so you. Right? <laughs> um, so it's not just me imagining things. It really, and then when I read your personality type, the pros, the cons, um, so I highly recommend the personality type readouts on 16 personalities. Mm -hmm. They have a great test. It, it does a printout of like your strengths, your weaknesses, what you can develop and work on. Um, I think that's fantastic. And also what I love about that, the reason I recommend it is because it feels very balanced. Like you, you actually read it and think, oh yeah, that is what's great about me, right? Like those are great things about me, but also... Their weaknesses, you're like, wow, oh, that's true. I do need to work on right. that. Right. Or know? a lot of the things that our strengths can also be weaknesses. So that's always interesting to look at. Yeah, like exactly. The dark side yeah. of the strength. Yeah. You know? Um, so I love that stuff. I mean, I, I again, I don't think Myers Briggs is predictive of, you know, anything. There's only one sixteen. Thing. Yeah. yeah, there's only sixteen yeah. of them. I mean, another one that people love a lot is the Gretchen Rubin four tendencies model. That's a great so one too. there's only four in that case, but it, it's supposed to help you understand how you relate to other people mm -hmm. and like what your tendencies are. And a lot of our clients have told us that they got a lot out of that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think, um, I, I guess, you know, my final thought on this would be, um, I, I think the most important thing is to really learn about it because when all this stuff is happening in the background, um, then it can hurt you worse. So when you've got a weakness based on a personality sort of type that you typology that you embody, um, I think the second that you know about it, the second that you say, oh, I'm doing that thing, 
you've really brought it from your subconscious to your conscious, and now you can work on it. The second something's in your conscious and you can see that you're playing out a pattern or, you know, or getting into a bad groove, um, then you can immediately, you know, it has less power over you and you have more power to take a change over that thing. Totally. And, and then, um, and I guess the second thing would just be to not fight your personality and try yes. to, you know, not try to be somebody you're not. Yeah, I think it's best to always work with your natural programming and try to figure out a way to make it work inside that. It's going to be easier. Totally, totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, are we done or what do you think? Do we have anything more to say on this topic? Yeah, I would just say anyone listening, please subscribe. Please leave us a review. Uh, please ask us a question in that review if you want to. Uh, and thanks so much for listening. Okay, gang, that's it for us today. Uh, again, I'm Demir Bentley. This is my wife, Carrie. Uh, you can find out more about us at lifehackmethod.com, and we have a ton of free trainings there too, so check that out. So now it's your turn. We want to hear from you. Are you an extrovert? Are you a introvert? Um, how do you find that this affects your productivity? Do you have any tips for us? Please hit us up in the comments. I promise you we're going to answer every single, uh, every single comment. We'll respond to it and answer any questions. So we'll see you in the comments.